You don't like Beethoven. You don't know what you're missing. Overtures like that get my juices flowing. So powerful. But after his openings, to be honest, he does tend to get a little fucking boring. <laughs> said rectum it nearly killed him hello and welcome to a brand new episode of fascinated with films <laughs> if this is my pen where's my thermometer <laughs> uh, that's funny as hell uh, well hopefully everyone enjoyed last week's what was it character actor pod uh with christian the mini Man. one uh, the mini one yes this is gonna be another mini one we're gonna be doing some gary oldman but before that how is uh, how was your week been uh, painful. Painful. Man. That's right. You had some. Uh... I I'm, I'm. I know it's hard to say that I injured myself playing golf because most people don't think <laughs> golf's a sport. Yeah. But if you watch me swing, oh yeah, yeah, it's pretty violent. Yeah. It hurts me watching. So <laughs> it, well, imagine I almost, I almost broke a rib watching you play. I <laughs> I so I've been hitting between five or six hundred golf balls every day Ooh. for the last like two months. Do you have that many, or do you get uh, just? I have them? about five hundred. Yeah. And. How many of you lost over the fence? What do you I, go over I don't there? hit the long shots that much. Yeah. And what I do is... You, you pull back a little bit? Don't go full John Daly? I don't go full John Daly. No. <laughs> what I do is I, I pull balls out that I don't, that are cracked or or I don't like anymore, mm-hmm. and I put them in a pile, and w- once a week I get to hit them over the trees. That's <laughs> what you give yourself? <laughs> yeah. Did you see Tiger uh, caddying for his kid? I did. Yeah. That's pretty cool. pretty fun. I'm, he, uh, he's one of the few... People that made it through the scandal, scandal, okay. On the Alcoholism. Other side. Yeah. I, his main thing was being a dick, though. He didn't actually yeah, do anything. Did he didn't he? do anything. I think he just, creepy. Yeah, except, I, I mean, unless you call cheating on your wife with dozens of women creepy. But. Yeah, I think she knew that was going on anyways. He had. <laughs> there was a stand-up comedy. Too much money. Guy that's like, he's like, I can't. He's like, I can't believe they give Tiger Woods such a hard time. He's like, he slept with a dozen women. He's like, do you know how many that means he turned down? <laughs> <laughs> like tens of thousands. He's like, he's like, if you were a woman and two hundred pairs of shoes showed up at your at your dressing room door every day, you're gonna take a pair home every once in a while. I heard the best. Uh, I saw it. I have to send you the clip. The best Joe Rogan uh, stand up comedy bit where he did it. He did it somewhat recently, and he he's talking about the election. He's like, we need to do away with this. He says, if you took Tom uh, Thomas Jefferson from the past and brought him to the future, his first thing would be, you guys didn't write any new shit? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I wrote that by the fire with a feather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really funny. I am not looking forward to this uh, It's coming. This election, this election is going to be uh, dirty. I, I can ugly. write, look, I'm going to say it now. You can go back and say, look, he said it. You know, if soon as Trump loses, which he's, I think he's going to, he's yeah. going to say, yeah. oh, I told you mail-in voting was the reason why. Oh, yeah, yeah. Except in Florida. He'll because... have to be removed, but he'll have to be removed in January by Secret Service. We'll take him out. But if he wants to go out that like, do it. I still thought. I thought he would drop the mic and just say, I'm I not... tried to help you yep. and you rejected my yep. help. And then he could walk away saying, at least he could keep saying, I yep. was I was on my way to doing good. Well, the Democrats seem to have which, nailed all their speeches and all their things. Yeah. You, I don't know if you've seen the, like, uh, who they got for the Republican. It's like the, the, the couple that the, brandishes the, the, the yeah. weapons out of their mansion, the kid that sneered at the uh, Native American people. Uh, it, it's all the scumbags that yeah. just happened to... Uh, you know, I feel like bad him. for... There are some Republicans that oh. are only Republicans because of Christianity. Yep. They want They're to be tied. Democrats because if you, if if Jesus came back and you were interviewing right now, Jesus would be a Democrat. Yeah. He rejected the banks. Yeah. He would. He loved the poor. He would, he would hate Trump. He would absolutely hate oh. him. He would <laughs> look like, at every Christian and say, "Don't be a Republican." Yeah. How do you guys not think this is the Antichrist? <laughs> and so I feel bad for Christians that are stuck. Yeah. As Republicans. Well, that's the, the problem is is the abortion thing. If it wasn't yeah. for the abortion thing, all the Christians would have turned on them by now. But they, they're tied to as this thing. As long as we're not killing babies. tied to this thing that Jesus and God didn't even know about. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But All right. Enough about religion. I don't think we have many religious movies going on here, so it's not a really good time. So, Last Temptation of Christ. What do you think? <laughs> I love the Last Temptation of Christ. I don't think we ever talked about that before. We got a wild card coming up, so maybe. <laughs> Put it on there. Uh but yeah, we have several movies. This is Gary Oldman here, and if you're 
like us, you've been watching Gary Oldman real early, and we had to leave a bunch off this. There's, there's a whole bunch on here that should have been on here. But yeah, we're, there's going to be people to, be like, what? They yeah. forgot We're that? trying to keep it as like a mini kind of pod because it's kind of a part two to uh, last week. It's kind of a companion pod. And next week, we're going to do our character actors with me and Justin. And then we got an Eddie Murphy one coming up that you're not going to want to miss. Uh, but... So we, we kind of went through this, and we had to eliminate a few of them. So we've got six really fantastic movies that Gary did where he, it shows there's a great example of him being a, a superior character actor in all these films. Either he immersed himself in the role where you could not see him, similar to like Daniel Day-Lewis, or he's completely changed his body, similar to Christian Bale. You know, he's kind of got a little of both those guys in him. Of, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and uh, Christian Bale. So we're not going to be talking Dracula or uh, or JFK or uh, Commissioner Gordon. He's American, right? Or Sirius Black. I don't think so. I think he's British. I think he's British? Yeah, I think he's British. Okay. Uh, but his first movie, well, we're going to not really talk about Sid and Nancy either, but Sid and Nancy is kind of where he came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever seen that? <laughs> A long, long, yeah. Long, I saw long it a long time ago. time ago too. I liked it. I thought he was he was clearly a wild man uh, in his role. In the first few movies on here, he really started his career as a wild man, and now he's very tame and he's just kind of like well, a lot that's of a actors. pretty that's a pretty common revolution. You Absolutely. think because you think, Jack think about if you want to. I mean, what's the biggest way to show your range? Yeah, go out of control. Yeah, go out of control. But. It, to show that you're a real actor, mm-hmm. dial it in and focus in on yeah. on a persona that you want to create. And that's usually what happens when a lot of these so, actors get Sean older. Penn did it. Yep, and they they, wrecked his career. But what would be <laughs> what's great is I would love to see like one of these actors, very much like Gary Oldman, if not Gary Oldman himself, who did these crazy roles and now is doing stuff like uh, Winston Churchill, which we'll yeah. talk about and stuff like that. that Tinker Tailor Soul Spy <laughs> yeah, is a good example. That's of, a good example. But I would like to see him go crazy wild again while he's older like just we're not expecting it because like he's John like Hurt like he's like, like 70 Tusk or something like that uh, <laughs> just him going John. nuts i would love to see him just go wild in a, in a role again just reminiscent to his old stuff yeah uh as as an old man obviously maybe yeah i think he can get there obviously but yeah. he just needs the right role he's got like seven movies in like limbo right now like everyone else yeah. i guess unless you're working with tyler perry Tyler Perry is the NBA of. He's the, got a uh, bubble. Of the, he's got a bubble. It's completely a bubble, and no one's going to be able to make this work unless you got a bubble. Yeah, you, know? you can be a DP. You just got to sleep. Yep. Probably get you a good place to sleep. I'm telling you, you rent the hotels out like Tyler Perry has. You, you're still Tyler all Perry in probably that owns hotels. Oh yeah, I'm sure he just bought those. And <laughs> he's like, I'm just, just buy the hotel. Why are yep. we going to pay? Yep. <laughs> and no one, everyone gets tested every year, every day. And he else um. Happens. He is one of those guys that surprises the hell out of me sometimes. With his acting, too. Yeah. No, I meant specifically oh, with, his, with acting. his acting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because he directs he was, tons um, of stuff and writes tons of stuff. But I love What him. did I see him in recently? Was he what Gone was he? Girl? Yeah, he, he was, was great. Really good in Gone Girl. He was, Absolutely great. He was amazing in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sequel, the, the newer sequel, hmm. where he played uh, Baxter Stockton. I don't think I saw that. And he, one. Played, a, he played a dorky kind of character with a Maybe bow tie. And he one. was like the. Who uh, were the. Who were the villains in that one? That was the Bebop and Rocksteady yeah, one. Yeah, so I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was the one that was trying to... Yeah. He was coordinating getting uh, or releasing... Uh, what's the uh, the main that, villain there? Shredder. Shredder. He, he was trying to get rid of Shredder and everything, or uh, release him from prison. And it was fun. It was a great role. I was super excited that we, he was in it. And then when I saw the performance, Smart Brother I was, like, was one of the other dudes, right? Uh, yeah, he was uh, Bebop. Yeah. It was crazy. It's the thin, and the other guy was Seamus. I, it's still one of my favorite freaking sequels, man. I love that teenage. Mutant. I didn't much care for the first one, but that second one they nailed it so much, and I I really want them to do the third because, uh, mainly because uh, Tyler Perry's character turns into a, a friggin' fly, and like he gets mutated into a fly, he becomes Baxter Fly, and it never happened in this one, so I assume it would happen in the third one. Maria told me a while back she thought Mike had a number one. Mike had a number one. What do you mean? A Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic. Oh, the original, really? Black and white. If it's, chances are it's one of the other printings because they only made like 500 of them. Yeah, she seemed to think he had it. I, I have no doubt that he could have a second or third printing of it. Which is still probably uh, worth a oh ton yeah, of money. Third, second and third printings of that are worth a lot because they didn't make it. But that first one, uh, that first printing, there's so little of them because it might be a thousand of them because they printed them, his uncle printed them in his fucking garage and shit like that. So it's <laughs> hard to find those things. Uh, anyways, getting back. 
This is the first movie I saw Gary Oldman in, and he blew my mind, and he was the absolute wild man that he had uh, started his career with in Sid and Nancy and just carried... Whoever did uh, this movie must have seen him in Sid and Nancy and been like, we need this guy. He needs to be our wild man. And this is uh, one of the, the better gangster movies that people don't know about, and this is 1990s State of Grace. Yeah, Irish gangsters. Irish gangsters in Hell's Kitchen. Yep. Uh, really, really good. And uh, and it was a little Two. bit of it was in Boston, too, but only at the beginning. Bunch of good characters. Super good. So we've got uh, who who we got? We got Sean Penn. Sean Penn, Robin Wright Penn. We got John C. We got um, Uh, Ed Harris. Harris. We got um, the guy who played Ed Harris's second hand man. Second man hand was really good, and he's been in a lot of stuff. He he was in uh, Waterworld. He was in Waterworld. He He was one of the guys that was in the balloon with them, Uh, and he was really good. And so it's various. It's a we're going to try to be spoiler free with State of Grace because there is a big moment in the middle of the movie that comes out and you're like, oh shit. And I didn't know it when I watched it for the first time. So I don't know how. They hide it I don't know how the, how the trailers work or how the synopsis work for it, but you should just go right in and watch yeah. it. But we'll tiptoe around it. So what's going on is you got, I think his name is, I want to say Danny Noonan, which is funny because he's the. Uh, he's Miss also the, Miss uh, Noonan. Miss. <laughs> yeah, he's also the Caddyshack <laughs> guy. But I'm pretty sure that's hmm. what his name was in this. Uh, Sean Penn. So Sean Penn got in trouble in Boston. And he's from Hell's Kitchen originally. Yeah. And he had left Hell's Kitchen. He, he just left that mobster life. He was oh, best friends. The Look in Your Heart guy's in it, too. Uh, yeah, that's right. He was in it. Uh, and uh, yeah, the other guy from Where No Angels was in it, too. Uh, so Sean Penn comes from this life in Hell's Kitchen, and he's best friends with Jackie, played by uh, Gary Oldman. And Gary Oldman's brother, he's kind of the fuck-up brother in the, in the crime movie, and his brother is... Uh, his brother's sort his of the underboss, the man, like, but he's not really that great. He, he's good, but he's not that great at it. He's kind of just crazy. Uh, no, I'm talking Ed Harris. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ed he, Harris is good, but he's not great. And it, the problem, with, the main problem with them is his brother's a fuck up. You know, and he, he keeps having his brother involved in it, and it's a story we've seen in a lot of movies before. I mean, Fredo. They're kind of beholding. The yeah, thing. they're kind of beholden to the Irish. I mean, to the Italian mob because yeah. the Italian mob's in this movie too. Yeah, and they're re- sort of like fighting back and forth, and, and they looked like the people that had it together. Yeah, and you Ed know, Harris wants to be accepted yeah. by them because they're sort of. I guess they're letting him operate under their umbrella. Yeah, I mean, they, they can expand more than what they are now if they play nice with the Italian mob. And Jackie's not like... I know you immediately think, you think oh, like Fredo. You know, well, Fredo was just stupid. The problem with uh, Gary Oldman is he's a wild man. He's insane. Well, so, the, one of your first introductions to him after Sean Penn comes back. Yeah, so that's what happens. So Sean Penn gets some trouble in Boston and has to flee. So he's like, all right, I'll go back to Hell's Kitchen. I'll go back to my original kind of family. Lilo. Who, and lie alone with them. And they hadn't seen him forever. So much so that Sean Penn had started a relationship with Ed Harris and... Uh, Gary Oldman's sister, played brilliantly by uh, Robin Wright Penn, which apparently that's probably where they met uh, together. That's how she got the pen. She was just Robin Wright in this movie, obviously. She had done already, like, uh, Princess Bride, so people knew her from Princess Bride. Uh, So he had, like, left in the middle of the night, like, I'm gone, I'm out of this family. And so he had been gone for, like, 10 years or something like that. So much so that when he came into the bar where Gary Oldman was, he sat down and Gary Oldman's like, who the fuck is this guy? And then... Sean Penn's like, you're not going to remember an old friend or something like that? And he looks at him and he, he finally it hits him and he like stands up and he hugs him and it's like old times, mm-hmm. come up to the roof, let's go shoot some guns and drink some Heineken <laughs> and everything. And that's the scene you were talking about is he shows him, uh, what does he show him? He, so he, he goes, hey, Jake, come here, take a look at this. <laughs> He's got, he, a, for some reason, there's a fridge on the, uh, on the roof. He had like a little apartment up there yeah. and he opens the freezer door and uh, tells him to look inside and it's a pair of hands. <laughs> And Sean Penn's disgusting. He's like, is that a pet? That's some guy's hands. And he like, he like grabbed, they're in a bag. They're in plastic bags. So he got like, he's like screwing with Sean Penn. Sean Penn actually pulls a gun on him. Yeah, yeah. He's like trying to touch him with a hand. He's like, get the fuck away from me. And he tells him the story. He's like, he's like, you got your favorite gun, right? (laughs) You're sick of throwing your gun away. You're sick of throwing your gun away, which doesn't make sense because you you have to throw your gun away anyways Mm -hmm. for the police to find it. But you put the, you take it back, you put the guy's hand prints. Fingerprints mm-hmm. on the gun, and then they're running around Maybe looking it was for a like dead a, guy. A burner gun that, yeah. that they did it with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the prints on it, just threw it, and they're looking for a dead guy who died ten years ago or something like that. So it's actually cr- pretty funny. It's pretty right, good idea. Right off from the mm-hmm. bat, you could tell that he was he was crazy. And uh, there's some really great moments in the movie. And we can just jump to a couple of the great moments. Some of the stuff with John C. Like when John, John C. was behind on his yeah. payments with the Italian mob. And this was kind of the first start of a rift between mm-hmm. the uh, Irish and the uh, Definitely. Uh, you Italian got that mob. scene where John C. is down getting some ice cream. At the docks. At yeah. the docks. And the 
and he was like, you really saved me from the guineas. So the, the uh, Italian guys yeah. show up and they're like, you know, yo, it's the money. And it's funny. One of the, I forget who the guys were, but if I saw their faces, yeah, I know like, their faces. Not- and, uh, so Sean Penn and, and Gary Oldman's character show up and like, it's basically humiliate humiliate him. He like they chased him off. He took his gun. He throws yeah. throws his gun in the Kicks in the river. He's like, yeah. I hope that was your favorite gun. Yeah. I hope you love that gun. Yeah. And then you get to see him do like this low level mob stuff, like where they're yeah. going to uh, shake down the oh. bars and stuff like that. And Rocky's trainer was in this. Rocky's trainer. Mickey. Oh yeah, Mickey was in. Mickey this. had a, a weird great scene. scene. That's, that's weird that you mention it because I remember that scene a lot. But for some reason, I I often forget what movie it's from. Yeah, uh, because. For some reason, it there's a very they were doing similar, collections. There's a very they were just doing scene collections. in Carlito's way. Yeah, you know when he got, went and met somebody that couldn't quite pay. Yeah, and, but this is we shot I'm, him in the leg. I'm He's like, I thought I was supposed to beans. pass out. <laughs> I'm just an old man eating beans out of a can. That was uh, great. Burgess Meredith. Yeah. He did an awesome job. That scene was great. It might have been his last role. Too, I'm sure it was. because he, it was. What, I thought he died during Rocky, and they just went with it. <laughs> <laughs> Mick ain't coming back, man. <laughs> Shoot the scene. We paid for Just it run, man. He's already <laughs> just go, dead. Just go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's some really tense scenes in this movie, and it's it's just all the the noble mob stuff, and it continually becomes Jackie, who is the uh, Gary Oldman character, just keeps fucking up and like screwing things over for uh, Ed Harris. Yeah. And one of the best scenes in the movie, and we'll talk about this, was when they're gonna meet with the Italians. Oh, so they oh, they were great trying scene. to iron out. The problems they had because they had you thought well you didn't think but Gary Oldman's character thought that the Italians killed John C. Yeah, he didn't realize that it wasn't them. Yeah, it was actually that will spoil. Okay, it, uh, because it's done in the beginning of the movie. John C. keeps fucking up. Yeah, and, and because Ed Harris not, is like, I can't have the. It, it really is what he probably would have done with Gary Oldman if Gary Oldman wasn't related to him. Yeah, because uh, yeah, but Gary. Uh, it was a different kind of fuck up. John Seed was just wasn't paying his debts. To yeah, like the, and the, he was going around using his name. Remember? Yep. And the Italian mob wanted like they kind of wanted a show of they how, wanted a show of respect. Yeah, it's like hey, he's beating up our guys and slapping our guys and telling them to go f themselves. Yeah, so they take John C out in the alley and he he murders them. I mean, Ed great, Harris himself great, stabs great him in the stomach. No, he, well he stabs him, but then they slice his throat. Yep. And the application they use was great. Yeah, and, he, and he the says, noises I, he. I, Damn you for making me have to fucking get my hands dirty yeah. type of mm-hmm. shit, man. Ed Harris was he showed he was his like fucking, angry his um, angry balls at that point, too. So yeah, so they had to go meet with the Italians and, uh, and uh, so they uh, so they told Gary Oldman and Sean Penn and the rest of the henchmen, the Irish guys. They said, "Stay in this in this warehouse, which is like three two blocks, two away, or three maybe. blocks away," and. I'm going to go in and sit down and they were like, they're going to kill you. And he's like, well, I'll tell you what, if I call you, if I make a phone call and call you, then it, the hit is off. Yeah. If I don't call you, then come. Yeah. And so they go back and then for whatever reason, like he's doing a bunch of drugs and yeah. they're going crazy. And Gary Oldman's like, we got to go. He called, he didn't call. And uh, Sean Penn said, no, he said, if, if he didn't call, don't come. <laughs> so and, it becomes this back and forth and then he's like, no, screaming at each other. No, he said, if he calls. And Sean Penn's, no, man, I was listening. He said, if he doesn't call. <laughs> and then like it's a great tense Gary moment. Oldman watching him can be conflicted yeah. with what to do. And he's kicking right shit. Right there was just and, great. Let's go. Finally, he's <laughs> like, you know, I, I this is what I believe. And yeah. he storms out. And uh, they coming down the street with the shot off shotguns and stuff. Oh, yeah. And then Edward Harris at the last second like hugs the Italian mobster. Yeah. To kind to of kind signal, signify yeah. that hey, it's you know, cool. everything and then Gary is cool. Oldman, everyone turn immediately turn around and start walking the other way. But, but it doesn't Italian, look good for the, Italian the, the Italians. Are like, and he's like, yeah. "What the hell is this shit? Is that your brother?" He says, "He says if you want a war, he says we would annihilate you. So yeah. just be aware of that." Which yeah. they would. Yeah. I mean, and they would. They. That didn't make the Irish mob look as competent as the Italian mob in this, especially uh, in where they were. Yeah, you know, maybe in Boston where the uh, the, the Irish, Irish mob was uh, had was more sway. Yeah, but not here in New York where the Italian mobs had been in there for much but, longer. Ah, oh, man, it's so great. We let's talk a little bit about the shootout at the end. Oh, not one of the, if anything. you want to watch one of the most realistic, there's a couple realistic shootouts. Mm-hmm. One is Tombstone, the OK Corral. Everybody yep. thinks the OK Corral was this. Messy, you it's know, super I, messy. Most people missed yep. their first shot. Like people, you got to understand. And uh, was it Glory that was trying to 
show this. Like they had the guy like shooting the target, the black guy shooting the targets, and he was hitting dead center, dead center. And then he put the gun next to his head and started firing. It's like, keep shooting. And he's like loading. and He couldn't do it. Yeah. It's... It's one thing to be a good shot, yeah. but it's another thing to have bullets whizzing around yeah. your head and someone shooting it's like back at you. Shooting at a moving target. It, sure, you can shoot. A, I can shoot a target great, but if that target's moving and it's shooting back at you, <laughs> shooting back, <laughs> that, that's where it becomes messy. So it's it's weird yeah. when adrenaline you see kicks in. You, I mean, you trust can, me. I, I love John Wick like as much as the next guy, but John Wick ain't killing people like that. No, <laughs> no, John, not without getting shot himself. Because it, there's a reason why movies they yeah. they don't lo- they don't. Have to reload so as why much. Why do these bad guys always, always hire these? Right between the always eyes. hire these incompetent thugs. Yeah, too. you would think. I tell you what, if I ran an evil syndicate, yep. shooting shooters. school, you got to go to shooting school yep. first, man. If you don't pass, ex Navy yep. seals that are disgruntled. Yeah. That's yeah. where you're going. I want to see your range time up. Text Dave if you're looking for jobs. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was messy, dude, and it was intercut with the, oh, it was uh, great the Irish parade, and like it was in slow mo parade in slow mo, and oh man, it was great. messy and bloody, man. They had squibs like crazy yeah. on it. Well, the cool they, thing was they did it in the bar, so like bottles were exploding. Yeah. And, and glasses were exploding, and, and people it was great were, because you were seeing, you would hear the bottle, uh, because it was in slow mo. You'd see the bottle explode, but then you'd see like the reaction shot of the, whoever's yeah. getting shot at. And there was like a great shot where someone got shot in the armpit. Oh yeah, you're like, oh god, in the armpit. Everyone was getting shot in places that you wouldn't want to get shot. I always appreciated in Godfather when they shot um, Mo Green, in Mo the Green eye. in the eye. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was I always movie. thought that was cool. I saw was him like, the other day. He play, Apparently, he plays Joe's dad on Facts of Life. I was like, it's Mo really? Green. Mo Green. <laughs> I love Mo Green, man. <laughs> Alex Rocco. <laughs> yeah, so that's State of Grace. Like we said, there's some really great kind of twists and turns in it that we don't want to reveal. I think we did pretty good uh, with that. I so we're going to move on to the next one. This next one's going to be the short. The butler did it. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. You couldn't keep yourself from doing it. Uh, this next one is fantastic, and it's, it's on the surface you're wondering, man, why would they pick this? Because it's only like a six or seven minute scene for Gary Oldman in it, but he just delivered a performance in one of the better yeah. – uh, and it's a good movie. It's a great movie. It isn't movie. like he just so came in and made that scene awesome. 1993's True Romance, yep. uh, directed by the great Tony, late and great Tony Scott and written by Quentin Tarantino. One of his and, first uh, One of his first scripts. When he was still working at the video store, Quentin Tarantino, he wrote True Romance and Natural Born Killers and sold it, and that's how he kind of got a little bit more uh, money on under his table, and then he did Reservoir Dogs and got kind of the ear of Harvey, and that's kind of uh, Harvey Keitel, not... <laughs> I was going to say, Harvey <laughs> you don't want to be... You don't <laughs> want to have his... On. You don't want to have any part of his body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Harvey Keitel. But, man, this this scene, he plays Drexel, and uh, if you're not familiar with Tro- True Romance, I'll give you a quick little background. So we've got... An, the cast is insane. I mean, you could just name this everybody. cast. It's got everybody in it. Uh, Val Kilmer, Christian Slater, Rosanna Arquette, James Gandolfini, uh, Dennis Walken. Hopper, Christopher Walken, uh, Tom Brad Sizemore, Pitt. Brad Pitt. I mean, it's insane. It, I remember seeing this in the movie and just being elated the whole movie. I thought it was amazing. Bronson Pinchot. <laughs> I was surprised you didn't name him first. I know, what the hell? He is one of the greatest <laughs> scenes in the whole damn movie. Uh, in True Romance, I mean... Uh, uh, Gary Oldman has a scene with uh, Samuel Jackson, one of the first roles he ever did. Uh, or one of the first, like, I mean, the first thing I think I ever saw Samuel Jackson do was... It was uh, in a, Coming to America, I think I right. saw him first. Yep. And he, right after that was Stax, and then I think this was right after that. And then after True Romance, he just... Well, when Pulp Fiction came up, he blew up and everyone knew who mm-hmm. he was. Now uh, he's contractually obligated to be yeah. in every third movie. Yeah. I don't know if he knew that. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, what's happening here is you have uh, the Christian Slater character whose birthday is coming up, and his boss, his <laughs> boss hooker, gets him a prostitute. The hooker with a heart of gold? Yeah, because his <laughs> boss gets him the hooker with a heart of gold who happens to be Roseanne Arquette, and Christian Slater happens to be his her first client. Yeah, that's and, what they yeah, all, that's what they all say. <laughs> but uh, so they hit it off and like fall immediately in love right after they yep. have sex for the first sure. time. And he, he, <laughs> she breaks down to him and says, I'm a hooker, your, uh, your boss hired me, and he, he didn't. He didn't really, it didn't bother him much. He's like, hey, you're here with me now. And uh, I, I thought something was weird when you liked me so much. No one likes me that much. So I kind of, I was just thrilled that you didn't have a dick <laughs> when well, I got you home. And then uh, 
he's like, well, she's like, I want you to know I'm monogamous. I'm with you. I'm with you. So we're together now and everything. So the next morning, he tell, next morning he says, well, if we're going to be together, I want you to be clean ties of everything. So get, write down your address for where your clothes are and at her like pimp's house. And, buy new clothes, man. And, yeah, buy new clothes. <laughs> and he's like, nope, I want to be the man. I want to come there and I want to straighten it out with him and mm-hmm. uh, tell him that you're with me now. And that, uh, no, It would have been a short man. movie if they hadn't yeah, gone Yeah, he should have just though. disappeared and they could have gone off, but it, no movie, obviously. So what happens is Christian Slater shows up at Gary Oldman's kind of apartment. It's a crazy apartment, just like people everywhere, prostitutes everywhere, other pimps, bodyguards, uh, cocaine. There's like lights, light shows going on in there, loud music. They're playing the Mac on television, the uh, the Richard Pryor uh, movie. And uh, so he comes in and he comes in all balls like uh, heavy and says, hey, I... Uh, What's her name? What is her name? Dakota or Mississippi? Uh, Rosanna. Or... No, is it? Alabama. Alabama. Alabama Whirly. <laughs> That's what she becomes, Alabama Whirly, when they get married. So Alabama. And he says, Alabama's with me now. And Gary Oldman's like, we should mention what Gary Oldman looked like. Too. So he's got dreads. He's he looked got like, like Goldie. Uh, who? Goldie, that that rap artist. I don't know Goldie. I think he's in, um, what was the one with the with the robot that they had to raise? South Africa. Oh, oh, yeah, like uh, Chappie. Yeah, I think the, the one of the yeah. dude one is the rapper. Okay, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, so he's got these crazy dreads, and he's missing. He's got a couple of gold, gold teeth, teeth, and he has a cloudy eye. Yeah. One of his eyes are cloudy, and he's just <laughs> is it crazy weird, white boy? Man. And he's wearing like he's wearing a robe and like white boxer briefs and that uh, white boxer. I think he's got and a bunch of it. bad his, tattoos. His robes and... open. And he's got his his chest exposed. He's just he looks crazy, and. Christian Slater's over his head. He comes in here and he thinks it's going to go one way and it completely goes another. But he's like, Alabama's with me. He hands him an envelope. He says, that envelope is for uh, your peace of mind and it's not worth <laughs> a dollar more than what's in there and everything. See, and that's just insulting. Yeah, he, just he really went at this the wrong he way. He should have came in the so Gary Oldman hat in hand. So Gary opens the envelope <laughs> and there's no money and it's completely empty. And he's like, who the fuck? Is this crazy white boy day? <laughs> so I don't think it's crazy white boy day. And uh, so then they just... Uh, how does it? How does it start? I, I it, shit I, starts getting bad, he, but I'm wondering if he hits he does him. something first. Somebody hits Christian Slater. Yeah, Christian Slater. And falls then down Christian and, Slater doesn't he fall down and sees a gun or no? Find... He, Christian Slater has a gun on him. So what's happening is Christian Slater kind of gets beat down to the ground, and uh, Gary Oldman jumps on top of him. I think Gary Oldman initially throws something at him. Remember, he throws that tray at him. Yeah, and he yeah. jumps on top of him and he starts beating him in the face, and he pulls his license out of his wallet and he's like this is his license i I bet you any amount of money this is where alabama is and he says to his bodyguard this big black guy uh, who's his bodyguard says uh he says, go she get Alabama. five languages. She probably yeah. disappeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never find her. Um, but while Gary Oldman's head's turned and he's talking to his bodyguard, Christian Slater takes a gun out and shoots Gary Oldman in the nuts, just like straight between the legs. And yep. Gary Oldman flies back like uh, like John Wick yeah. style against the wall and against like the uh, aquariums. Remember the aquariums fall down and everything? And then Christian Slater has one of the most intense kind of crazy scenes I've ever seen him do because he's usually re- pretty refined mm-hmm. with his acting and he doesn't uh, lose it. But it, it was a great scene where he's standing over Gary Oldman and he's screaming, look at me, open your fucking eyes and look at me. And Gary Oldman forces his eyes open and then uh, Christian Slater just like shoots him like five but times. But there's a bunch the of other people in the room like, yeah, yeah remember well, what and he, he did? screams at the other, uh, that's where it kind of gets crazy is he screams at one of the prostitutes and says, get to Alabama's clothes and throw it in the uh, suitcase now, do it now. And so he grabs a suitcase and he takes off. Not realizing. Oh, not really. He, he he takes some something on the way out. Well, he takes the suitcase. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And, that's right. Uh, and then he mis- he unfortunately leaves his license in, in Drexel's yeah. hand. You know what? You, <laughs> when you go to somebody's house and you shoot them. Yeah, take to, your license back out yeah. of their hand. Uh, I, don't, so, I didn't think you had to say that. But then he goes but. home and he, he, he shows Alabama. And Alabama, he, you think he's going to get, she's going to get pissed. She's like, what you did, what you did was so romantic. Yeah. <laughs> they ended up, uh, I mean, she ends up loving it and everything. And she opens the suitcase and it's not her clothes. It's completely full of cocaine, which was part of the deal that Samuel Jackson was doing with him earlier. And I have that movie, dream, but I have the dream. It's just packed filled with yeah, like just, $100 bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that no one's looking for. Yeah. <laughs> it's that simple plan kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, that's when the movie starts. It's just it's like a roller coaster ride where they're going to California trying to sell this uh, weed, and it, it's just very Quentin Tarantino. But that scene with Gary Oldman, man, ah, it's so intense, and it's it's very uh, 
reminiscent when you think of Gary Mullen's career in, it, uh, in his past, for, uh, for sure. Well, 94 is when it goes all crazy. Uh, before then, people knew Gary Oldman just from Sid Nancy, State of Grace, True Romance, uh, just some of the minor stuff. But not until 94 did he become like a household name for people. And that's when The Professional came out, later be called Leon, once the French version Leon's was better. released. The Leon version is better. If you're watching it, and I'm not even sure they play the professional anymore. I think it's all Leon now. Really? Uh, where, the ones I've seen before. Because it, back when the DVD came out, I, I used to have the professional, and I heard, hey, there's a director's cut that the French version, <clears throat> they didn't think the American people could uh, deal with it. And when I watched <laughs> it, I was like, this is crazy that they didn't think they... Because they pulled a lot out of that movie. But really what it was is there's... If you if you know the professional, it's about a uh, just a rough kind of thing. Like a little girl whose family gets slaughtered, and she needs to hire a uh, her neighbor, her neighbor who's an assassin to get uh, to get revenge on her family. But she becomes like enamored with uh, the assassin. He's like a really sweet loner guy, and they have this great kind of relationship. And he he ends up training her in a little bit, and she's only like twelve. Well, there's a played brilliantly by uh, oh, uh, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. It's made her career too, and it also made uh, Jean Renou uh, his career. Uh, also, he became kind of a household name. And uh, but in the French version, there's a scene where he takes her out to dinner, and they get drunk. And she ends up drinking and gets gets drunk and tries to make a pass out of him, at him, and he's got to shut it down. And they have this discussion on love and everything. It was actually it, it turned into more of a sweet thing where he was yeah. like, "This is not." But the happen. undertone of it just. They thought people were going to be like, oh, this child yeah, exploitation. It, 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 yeah, and it never got to that. It never too. got to that level. But I think they wanted to just cut it out before there was even an But I think of that the happening. producers said, oh, the French version's got a love interest between them? Yep, we figured. Nope. Yeah, and uh, but it was so much better of a movie if you watch it, uh, if you watch them back uh, to back. They, do, they show more her training, right? Yeah, they show a bunch Which of different like. stuff that they, uh, they took out. But... The great thing and the, the Gary Oldman stuff in this was amazing. This was probably the wildest he gets in any yeah. of his movies because he plays a DEA agent, a crooked DEA agent. Uh, why don't you you talk can just about, say DEA agent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, well, not only crooked, but he is a drug addict. He's taking crazy amounts of speed. Which is, makes sense if you're yeah. a DEA agent. And he's taking stuff that he's taken off people. And they don't even they, tell what it is. It just no. transforms them. It does. It, like, Which is a kind of a cool element to have for your character. It's almost like a werewolf kind they're of like, Yeah, they're like, hey... You took something, yeah. and now you can go nuts. He there's a great scene where he's, so he he so he, he yeah. what it seems like he's doing is he's confiscating drugs, but he's turning around and having people sell them for yeah. him. So one of the guys, the guy from Man Who Wasn't There, what was his? Yeah, Michael B- Bellucci. Yeah, probably uh, in the Bellucci. most scumbagish role he's ever played. Yeah, because he usually doesn't play this. Actually, he's a neighbor of John Renault's. Yeah. And so, Natalie Portman's dad. Natalie Portman's, and she's not. And the yeah, whole family not, is kind of fucked the whole, up. They're not the little yeah, kids. The little brother's probably up. not screwed up. But and neither Natalie. So Gary Oldman shows up and was like, "It was a that was the first that first meeting was really cool because that's where he was kind of like, you know, he goes talk about music and he's like just he's just going in there to say, hey, you know, I want my money. But you could tell that he he I think that he does still take drugs when he goes in that first time. It's not that I love these calm little moments before the storm. That's yeah. the kind of when he does yeah, yeah, the yeah. second time. But the first time he comes in, he's just intimidating. He's got a lot of guys there. There were guns. He gets really close to Michael's face and just like whispers to him and everything. You're like, wow, this guy is fucking out of his mind. And he's like, so hey, I want my money and I want it by like noon tomorrow. Yeah. And if you don't, we're going to come back. Yeah. And why that other guy didn't seem to take him seriously. And he didn't. And didn't even leave, at least, hey, get your family out of here. Yeah. He says he's coming back at noon. Yep, and uh, we said noon, right? Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> the next day when he comes in. so the that, next, was, it wasn't, that was after he killed yeah. one of his family yeah, members, yeah. too. So the next day, Natalie Portman's off getting uh, groceries, and uh, she ends up running into John Renew earlier in the... Uh, earlier in that uh, that day and he even asked him hey do you need some milk because she notices he always comes back with a carton of milk and everything and uh, she says you need something there and uh, and he almost shakes his head yeah if you want to get me some milk and so she takes off to the grocery store well why he's at the grocery store Gal- Gary Oldman and all his men show up and outside he takes he takes like these they look like, how poppers. like poppers or something yeah. and he drops them but they do this great camera angle from above where he tilts his head straight up and you can see the veins on his head popping out and he just crinks his neck in a certain way and you could tell like instantaneously he's turned into mm-hmm. this wild man so he immediately grabs a shotgun and just shoots into the door and kicks it in and shoots the uh shoots the wife in the back yep. and then As shoots the like, daughter mm-hmm. in like the tub yep. and the little kid is hiding under the bed mm-hmm. 
and he ends up getting killed too. So everyone gets slaughtered, but before the, he slaughters everyone and he goes in and he talks to the, uh, the guy from the uh, man who wasn't there. And uh, that's why he says, he's, we said noon, right? And then uh, he basically just slaughters everyone. And Natalie Portman comes in right after it happens. She, like, didn't, not, she, she doesn't come in. Yeah, yeah. But she goes, comes she's in coming the down the hall and they had a guy out front yeah. that was sort of watching the door. And so she sees, obviously, yeah. there's a guy in front of her she door. She smartly walks She right walks past right him. past him, right up to Jean Reno's door. And you can they did a great camera angle where they sort of showed both of them. Yeah. At the same time, yeah. and she's like, "Let me in, let me in." Yeah, she's crying. And he she's doesn't like, want to. Please wanna, open the. He door. doesn't want to really get involved because oh, yeah. he, you know, his whole life is based on low profile. Yeah. He doesn't even believe in the banks. Danny no. Aiello takes care of. Yeah, Danny. No one's let, robbing Big Tony. Yeah, who the hell's gonna <laughs> screw with Danny Aiello? Uh, so he, yeah, like he said, he doesn't want to get involved and everything, but then he feels like uh, I got to open this door for the girl, and then he opens the door, and uh, basically he like. He is her caretaker now and everything, and she's got nobody. All her, her entire family. She had a is bunch dead. of money though. Uh, she did have it. She came up with a bunch of money that she knew was hidden in like the floor of the house. So she was able to. She's like, I want to pay you this money, but I also want you to train me to be an assassin. And, and so like, there's that great sure. stuff. And Gary Oldman has great scenes with the whole movie, and then even at, at the end, that famous line from him where he uh, he wants to take up the entire apartment, and. Uh, he turns to his one of his guards and he says, "Bring me everyone." And he's like, "What do you mean, everyone?" And then he, he looks at the camera and screams, "Everyone!" And yep. his like eyes get super red. You're like, "Wow, Gary Oldman's just so intense in this movie, man!" And it's got a great ending, great kind of uh, finale with uh, Gary Oldman at the uh, very end. We won't spoil it, but man, Leon, Leon the professional, check it out. It's totally worth it. All right. The weirdness doesn't stop because three, three years later. That's that's because they get uh, this French guy yeah, again. Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg is uh, Gary Oldman's name is in, it? in the Fifth Element, which is 1997. <laughs> Weird movie, but it's the same director, Luc yeah, Besson, yep. and but a very different. <laughs> but they movie. get Jean Paul. Crazy man Gautier to yeah, do the like, uh, costume yeah. design. Yeah, it's weird. And he man. goes like he goes full crawling crazy. Yeah, one like he like Gary Ullman had that little like clear helmet oh, God, thing such on a his weird, head. Weird, weird. He had the weird so look and he had weird mannerisms. Yep, the weird way we never heard him speak like this before. That's why I love Gary Oldman, man. You when you hear him, it's very similar to hearing Daniel Day Lewis for the first time. You're like, wait, that's how he speaks. That's how he talks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when you realize he's not American, first of all, and then he's just very low key, and it, you could tell that these character actors they just use their acting as the chances to kind of go crazy on camera. You know, that side of them get has to come out, and that's where it does. I mean, that would be uh, the fun part about so it. So, Fifth Element. If you're not familiar with Fifth Element, it's it's really it's a Bruce Willis sci-fi action movie. Where, uh, <laughs> with uh, T Bone is the president, uh, yeah, uh, T, uh, uh, Debo, Debo, Debo from Friday is the president <laughs> because why not? <clears throat> you got Brian James, that's like his right hand yeah, yeah. man because why not? And uh, it's just Chris a, Rock, um, Chris, or Chris Rock, uh, was it Chris no, Rock? Uh, Chris, Chris Tucker, Tucker, yeah. great role. From what are we gonna do with Dallas? Come on, Corbin. It's Friday. You got nothing to do. <laughs> uh, so what's happening? Emilio Jovovich obviously got massively famous off mm-hmm. of this movie. So what's going on is there's like these stones that each represent like uh, earth, water, fire, air, and they're being hidden for like centuries in like the pyramids and stuff. Luke Perry has to go uh, find them. Yeah, Luke Perry at the very beginning of the movie, they show back in the ancient periods. (laughs) Aziz! uh, But then the aliens, the aliens come down because they can't trust the stones crazy looking aliens too. They're like like robotic aliens kind of and they're huge and it's such an, I I love anybody that does world building really well and they have created, because I mean you think, when you think world building, you think like Star Wars and it seems like it's an easy thing to do but it's not without getting laughs and yeah. what was great about this there was a lot of comedy there in this, was a lot and of it was comedy. done really really well uh it paired well with the action uh multi-pass he knows it's a multi-pass uh, <laughs> so the aliens come down they take the elements and everything and, and zorg is like this really kind of uh madman who wants to rule the universe and he's got endless amounts of money Sounds like Trump. And then uh, <laughs> weird hair. Except minus the money. <laughs> <laughs> and he's searching for these elements. He's searching for these stones that he thinks if he can get can rule the universe and everything. He ends up hiring these uh, these kind of bounty hunters who look like like dog creatures almost to to hunt down these crates that it he looks knows like that the, are crates. It looks like the creatures from, uh, from Ghostbusters if they... St- 
if they stood yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, the dogs, yeah. The, uh, the like gatekeeper yep. and dogs. If they were in like human form, yep. if they just had that head on a human body. And, uh, they were the But they were shapeshifters too. Like remember at, when we first saw them, they looked like humans. And, yeah. and Gary Oldman's like, stay like, true to who you are. Yeah, don't don't hide your face. He says, you're a warrior, show us. And then he shakes his head and he becomes that dog yeah. creature. But it's great. He hires them to steal these crates. That they he weren't that bright. Are, that he th- yeah, they're not that bright either. Uh, they're like the Yeoman Johnson yeah. of, the, of the universe. <laughs> so he hires them to like hijack the ship and steal these crates and bring it back. And if they do, he'll give them all sorts of weapons. So the the meetup is the fir- basically the first time we see Gary Oldman on camera. And it's so great where he's going through that sales pitch of like, oh, yeah. these are my guns. And this is the uh, the ice cream mode. And he... he throw he shoots the gun at the dummy and it freezes them and he has another one where he shows the uh, with the heat seeking darts that kind of attach in it and it blows them up so all these different features on the guns and then he was like all right that's what i got for you what do you got for me and then he opens the crates and he immediately closes it and he was like there's no stones in here <laughs> and he's, he's like hey no stones no uh no guns or no crates. no crates that's where the weapons were stored in <laughs> zero the stones zero stones zero, zero crates <laughs> and the, the uh the dog creatures are pissed he's like i think we deserve some sort of compensation and gary Oldman's like all right leave him one crate for the cause yeah and i love it when he's walking away and yeah. he's talking to his like his uh like handler yeah, yeah. And he's like you know what i like about a creature i i, I like they don't ask these questions guys. they don't ask questions they're they're cool they're methodical a real killer would have asked about that button on the side of the yeah. gun and then they cut back to the the dog creatures examining <laughs> it's the like guns a self-destruct button. it's like a self-destruct button and it just blows up and i don't know how many mm-hmm. takes it took for gary oldman to like look straight ahead mm-hmm. while it blew up behind him mm-hmm. because it was this great explosion behind but him. but then and, now he's got those guys after him yeah the ones that survived or after him and everything so it's this fun movie it, what it comes down to is uh they they end up finding the stones uh well the stones are kind of hidden in the opera singer which is such a weird it's movie a weird to describe movie. uh but they think he thinks there's four elements and there's actually a fifth element which is a human being which she ends up they end up finding like they find like her hand and remember they reconstruct her and that great scene where yeah, they put yeah. the hand yeah in it was really it cool reconstructs her body and everything and it comes out and it's uh, super hot Mila Jovovich with the, uh, the orange not? hair and she ends up walking out on the side of the building and jumps off and mm-hmm. just lands in his backseated in his cab Bruce Willis's cab and that's kind of where the movie starts man. And it's, my, one of my favorite parts is he stops to get Chinese food yeah and you he's like that. he's like the, he got a call he's like I'll bet you lunch it's bad news <laughs> you're fired <laughs> well, one of lunch. my favorite scenes is when uh they had these, so they he obviously lives in a bad section of town, yeah. in like multi level housing, yeah. And they he's have, like ex military, yeah. Bruce and Willis. they have this like they have this like monitor. You can someone knocks on his door, you can turn the monitor on and see who's outside. Yeah. And somebody was trying to rob him, had like a photograph of an empty hallway yeah. on like a like a head mask yeah. and like turned his head down. So when he looked out, just looked like his hallway. looked like the hallway. Yeah. And so he he pulls a gun on him, and Bruce was like. You gotta you gotta push that button on the side. Like he's coaching yeah, him how to be a, like thing. how to be a good robber, yeah. and then like just take the and gun. And it deactivated away. the gun. Yeah, and he hit the button. <laughs> and he yeah. just takes the gun away yeah. from him and throws it on a pile of other guns. Yeah, there's a great scene with Gary Oldman going back to him uh, where he he's talking with Ian Holm. Oh, remember? and he's explaining. It's a great dialogue between yeah. him and Ian Holm where he's talking about how chaos. the world works and how chaos works, and he breaks the glass. Jeff Goldblum would agree. Uh, yeah, yeah, he breaks the glass, and he, and it, all these robots come in to clean it up and everything. He says, "Look at all these guys." He, he says. Chaos causes change and it causes work and everything. And then he ends up starting he in his like uh, middle of his speech. He ends up choking on that cherry, and uh, yeah. and you know, home has to go and yeah. like slap it out of his back. He shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't have done it. Should have let him die. But the thing is, there wasn't there was a higher force than him. Remember? Yeah. That made his head like bleed oil or something yeah, weird. It was stuff. Weird. He he was talking to almost Zog. like Vader. Some well, Zorg was his name. But it was like, yeah, he and was almost like a disciple of this. It was like he was being Vader. you never saw him. He was Vader, and he was talking to the Emperor yeah. type of thing. But so. he was kind of like a an incompetent Vader. I'm really surprised they never did a sequel. You know, because this it was, was right for one. When you create, when you go that that much trouble, that flotsam, to the whole that last world. half hour when they they had to figure out how flotsam to paradise. flotsam paradise. Yeah. His mom kept calling. I gave birth to you. <laughs> you're like, not gonna invite. You're me? not gonna invite me. I'm telling you, it's weird, man. It's one of those weird movies that it's a good weird. Like when you watch it, you're like, wow, this is just ingenious. How well this is done and how beautifully it plays out and when you go to that much trouble to create the world that they've done i'm so amazed that they didn't do a sequel like chris tucker's voice alone was crazy he was so weird what was his name ruby rod ruby rod man he was crazy he was like a the ultimate game home show yeah host 
<laughs> that or, was wild. Uh, all right, yeah, that's Fifth Element, 1997. So we got a couple more left here. This next one, you wouldn't even know that this was nope, Gary Oldman. And you, you didn't, did you, at first? At, when I first saw it a while back, I yeah. didn't. I had so no this idea. is 2001's Hannibal. Hannibal was one of the movies that I had to warm up to. Uh, I, I went back and had to revisit it, and I really enjoyed it the second viewing. I had some issues with it. With like, If you don't know, this is like the sequel to Silence of the Lambs. And they... Uh, what says Jodie Foster didn't like the script so much that she refused to do it. And they were like, well, that's cool. We'll replace you with Julian Moore. Yeah. And Julian Moore said, well, I'm not going to turn this down, obviously. And I love Julian Moore. I, I really do. But I didn't think, I didn't think this was a great role for her. I didn't. And I can see why Jodie Foster didn't like it because in the script, they were making Starling do some stupid shit. Yeah. They were having her do, make weird decisions that mm-hmm. a crack FBI agent probably wouldn't wouldn't do and it bothered me and it just kept coming going on and on and I'm like it's like the rest of the movie was amazing but the stuff with Julian Moore you're like oh get by this stuff because the stuff with if Gary they Oldman and, with him and the, uh, and the uh, French the, guy the cop oh, from Italy yeah the so Italian good. guy yeah and that was that was the great stuff with the movie because uh, speaking of the Gary Oldman stuff uh, the movie starts out with one of my favorite openings to like a horror movie. I, I love this. So what we didn't realize until the movie starts that uh, Frankie Faison, who a lot of people know him from, he was in The Wire, but he was also uh, in Coming to the America. He was the one that switched apartments with Eddie Enter. Murphy. <laughs> yeah, you'll love my place. It's a shithole. <laughs> and he's, we've seen, he's a character actor that everyone's seen over the years in many different things. Well, he, he also, in Silence of the Lambs, he was the guy that took care of Lector. He was the he was one, the one told, told her to stay to the right. Stay to the right and everything. I'm half right. That's, a, that's a loaded <laughs> weapon. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was the, he played Barney. He was the one that kind of took care of Hannibal Lecter. What we didn't realize that once Silence of the Lambs ended uh, and that whole between the time Silence of the Lambs happened and Hannibal started, he was he got a hold of a lot of Hannibal Lecter's things and he was selling it to like the Mason character, which is Gary Oldman. Who was a victim. Who was a victim of him, but he was obsessed with Hannibal to the point where he wanted everything he could find collectible for him. But what we should mention about Gary Oldman, and if you pull up, if you Google Gary Oldman Hannibal, mm-hmm. you're going to see the most disgusting, like a face that looks like should be on uh, that show Botched. Well, it was, it's been, it was like, it, picture like one of the first facial transplants. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It was like, horrible. It was bad because what happened, we have a flashback in the scene too, where Hannibal Lecter uh, brings... Um, uh, brings Gary Oldman home, and you could tell. I mean, I, I guess they were both bisexual because it was kind of a, a sexual yeah. encounter, mm-hmm. but didn't get, quite get there. But he gave Gary Oldman, and Gary Oldman looked normal at this scene, and it's the only time in the movie he looked normal. He gave him these weird drugs, like crazy drugs that I don't, they don't even mention what it is. It was so strong. And that's the beauty of movies. Yeah. Like this is, I don't think this drug would ever They make exist. this in a lab underground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Came from Wuhan. Uh, <laughs> so he gave him this drug, which Gary Oldman, or uh, once he gave it to him, he was so under the influence of Hannibal Lecter that he's like, I want you to cut off your face with this piece of glass and feed it to your dogs. And it was it was horrible. They they, hard they, did it a, they did it. They did it. They did it kind of enough way where they, it didn't become too. Which they did. A, they but, did that a lot. Uh, where they show him slicing it, and they show parts of the meat fall on the ground, and the dogs eat it. It was more mm-hmm. of like the the feeling of what this would have to take. So he lived through it, but he lived completely disfigured. He's in a wheelchair. His he looks like he's he. he we lost should tell a lot you he's ridiculously wealthy. Yeah, crazy. Like wealthy. the the scenes that they shot in the mansion that was like Vanderbilt. Yeah, mansion. Really, 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 really great. Like three hundred eighty room mansion. Yeah. The the uh, production design was rooms. really intense. So at the very beginning of the movie, Barney comes and he. You could tell that he's already brought him a whole bunch of stuff, and mm-hmm. he's Mason's excited. He's like, "What did you bring me?" He's like, "Well, this is going to cost you like five hundred thousand dollars or something like that." Two hundred fifty. Two hundred fifty is that what it was? Yeah. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And he hands him a box, and you first you just see, and it's hard to see the face that Gary Oldman because. He's reacting like he's seen the greatest thing in the world, yeah. but it's hard to to really inflect that with the makeup and everything. And he's like, "Cut him a check." Well, they, he, so right when now. he's looking at it, he goes, "How much?" And, and Frankie Faison said, two fifty, two hundred fifty. Yeah. And then he paused for a second, thousand. Yeah. And that's what he said. He says, "Cut him a check." Cut him a check right now. He and wears we, it later we on zoom, in the movie. Well, we, it <laughs> zooms into the box, and you see we'll that see. he's got Hannibal yeah. Collector's mask, and he's like, "Oh shit, this is the creme de la creme of uh, collectibles." No more biting nurses. And you definitely see him wearing it later on, but. Gary Oldman through this whole movie, he was. They my did some good homage, homage backstory too, because they remember you heard that he bit a nurse's 
nose off or something. They told Hannibal? they told that yeah. in in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. But you didn't see it. They showed it as a flashback yeah. in Hannibal. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool. The the some of the great stuff, like Dave said, was the the stuff at the Italian the museum where he was just it in got, France? Or was it, it was in, in Italy. Italy? It was in Italy. So. He, he's on like the most FBI's most wanted yeah. list, but Mason himself, Gary Oldman's character, it's put out like a bounty. If you found Hannibal Lecter, I will yeah, give three you million. $3 million or something like that. So this uh, Italian uh, detective ends up just by happenstance comes across. Uh, he's investigating the disappearance of the museum director, which yeah. Hannibal obviously killed. To take and over it. Assumed he was going to be a curator. curator. He was a curator yeah. of this museum, which. That's a pretty high. I don't profile. know how Hannibal Lecter thought he could just. He come didn't in and change his would... appearance. No, he, he he's on the same. U.S. ten most wanted list. He's still got some blood on the edge of his lip and stuff. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the the Italian guy foolishly thinks that he can like outsmart Hannibal Lecter, and it's oh, it's a great scene, man. It's a really the yeah. This movie feels like three different movies. That's the main problem I have with the movie. Is it? It feels like so many different movies that it's kind of combined into one. That's why it's really. That stuff in Italy was amazing, and then they would yeah. go back to the Julian Moore stuff. When and he, like boring. When they first, <laughs> when he first met the Italian guy, he's like, "What's your last name?" He tells him, "He's like, oh, you're related to this monk yeah. that was hung outside the walls of this very building." Yeah. And he's like, "I have a fresco or something painted of it if you'd like to see it." And he's like, "No, <laughs> not interested." <laughs> uh, but he, when he kills this guy, I'm going to yeah. spoil that part. Yeah, yeah. They uh, he. Uh, Basically does the same thing they did in medieval times. Oh, crazy, and it's a great buildup too, where he he cranks him up on this like gurney, yeah, like outside. He tells just, him what's right gonna on the, do to him. A window, and he's gonna like dis. He's got like it attached to his like stomach, and well, he's like, he's gonna hang him outside, but he cuts he cuts across his stomach. So when he drops him out the window with the rope, it'll snap his neck, but the gravity. Will his entrails will keep go, going? So <laughs> they were thinking next level with this. The, when you sh- when the scene you saw is they pushed him and then they showed the the ground yeah. and you just saw like a bunch of entrails just hit the ground yeah. in front of a group of like a hundred people. It's good, man. It's really good. I I've said it before too. I read Sounds of the Lambs right before, like two days before I saw the movie, and it was exact. The book was. Anytime anyone mentions to me, well, the book's not the same, or, you, or I don't even have to think about it. Silence of the Lambs was the exact replica. As That's the book. a pretty good and tribute. It was, it was amazing. That's a pretty good but tribute. From what I hear, Hannibal, the book was way better. Uh, they they must have done things differently or changed it, or maybe it's just because you, you're you not seeing a different person play Starling which, or Clarice. It didn't bother me that I'm not a huge I just Jodie that, Foster fan yeah, anyway. So I like Jodie Foster, but... It came down to decision making for me in the script. Where, yeah, where and like at some point, the way he's releasing Hannibal Lecter. Well, and I'm the like, way I the look fuck? at it is, <laughs> I think she knew he was never. He had plenty of chances to harm her. She, yeah. He was out and about. Yeah. He really wanted to kill her. As good as he was at doing that, certainly he could have. He could have. Don't so put I, him in that situation where he's got to make that decision. <laughs> you know, you don't want to like poke the bear. And it yeah. was kind of weird how it, how it worked, but it was still a satisfying movie and a lot of elements in it. The, like you I forgot said, the Ray Liotta scene. Oh, Ray Liotta scene for me was a little bit of a turnoff towards the end, but when I when I rewatched, it, I was like, okay, it's a little bit better, and I liked the uh, the Ray Liotta performance and everything. And uh, it really came down to like just some decision making uh, for this uh, the Clarice characters for me, but it, it didn't ruin the movie for me for certain. All right, this next movie, and this was his like Charlie's Theron moment, or his. Uh, um, they did do a like, lot of prosthetics, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was mostly prosthetics. But I mean, he didn't gain all that weight. He didn't gain a whole lot of weight. So what we're talking about is 2017's The Darkest Hour, and this is the one where he played Winston Churchill. But like when you think Charlie's playing the monster role, or you think Christian Bale playing uh, Vice, playing uh, mm-hmm. Dick Cheney, it's that complete transformation where you're like unless you heard him speak you would yeah. not even know it was Gary and Hunter. it's really not hard to get into that character if you look like that character and he's British too. so and I'm sure he, he was very well versed in Winston and Churchill Winston Churchill was really dry yep was like you know I will fight them on yeah, the yeah. beaches on the air on the sand and, and we do get on to the see land. that so tell us the uh, tell us the point in history that we're dealing so with so we're talking about right before World War II yeah. and we've where, talked before how this is really a companion piece with Dunkirk yeah you like, can literally there's a moment in the movie you could stop one and pick the other up and it, that's how you'd do it you'd watch Darkest Hour and then For, in the middle of the it middle you'd kind of it. stop it yep. you'd play uh, Dunkirk, Dunkirk and, and then, then you could finish back. it out and watch it yeah 
Should do that. Sometime. I should do that. I think that'd be that'd really be, good. I'm not sure I own. They the do a very good. I'm very impressed with the with the caliber of that gets treated. The history gets yeah. treated oh, yeah, most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Like sometimes good buyout pips. Yeah. Nothing beats. Oh, I can't wait well. for the Trump one. Ten years. From oh now. God, it's gonna be. Amazing. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna really look back is. and be like, how did we let this happen? No. It's it's one of those stains that it's like the Civil War. It's like any of those big stains in American history that we thought we were past, but we're not. Let's shut down voting sorters and yeah. mail sorters yeah. and he's take on, away mailboxes. It, and if this, this is a time capsule right now, so if you're listening, to this, this is he's the postmaster general is like in Congress right yeah, now. He's on, right about to see how he can steal the election. So stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> No spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> so, okay, go back. So what's the, it's right before, right so it's before right we before, entered. Right? right before we entered. So what had happened was the Germany was already had internal rest. Mm. The, there was a lot of angry people that, that, that after World War I thought, the Germans thought, hey, they've taken too much of our identity away. They weren't allowed to have a military anymore. They had a lot of restrictions on them from, I think it was the Treaty of Versailles was what yeah. the first war, ended the first war. And um, so the Germans, with Hitler, elected the Nazi party, mm-hmm. started doing... Did you hear my uh, Boston accent come out there? Saying, I did. The party. Party. <laughs> fucking party. It was a big fucking party. I'm going to tell this whole thing with a Massachusetts accent. So he was like, over here. And then, so we're going to go over there and get Poland. <laughs> so they started being aggressive, I think it's Neville, Neville Chamberlain mm-hmm. was like, we've seen this before. So they were like, we got to nip this in the bud. And I think I can't even, they invaded the Sudetenland, I think, in Poland. They occupied some place they weren't supposed to go. Yeah. The but Brits nobody, were on it immediately. But nobody. Germany, right? Yeah. But nobody stopped them. Yeah. They were just like, we're going to do this. We're going to do I this. I think the most common misconception of the World War II is is by Americans of when we got in. We got in if it was a, if it started in 39 we we didn't get into the western front until f- June 6 44. Yeah, it was really late towards the end. We were trying It was to like, over in 45. And who knows if we would have even went in there if if Pearl we had Harbor several had stages. Happened. First off, first stage we didn't want anything to do with it. Yep. Second stage we agreed to Build ships and guns, but we wouldn't. We'll help you, but but you have to come pick them up. Yeah, we're not bringing troops over there. We're not. Or we this. weren't even shipping our. Gu- they had to. That's where yep. all those submarine movies you see about World War One were yep. sinking all those cargo ships, bringing arms back and forth between yep. our production. And then Hitler smartly convinced uh, Japan, Japan to, to start attack, us because he knew that if America got involved with one front, yeah. they would never be able to withstand yeah. the invasion. It turned out. Foolishly, but it turned out foolishly. Well, well him, him going to Russia, the Russia fucked them up. Going to Russia in the wintertime. I mean, <laughs> Alexander the Great or Hannibal. What, what yeah, are yeah. The, it's like you should know you don't attack Russia in the wintertime. Yeah, it's like it's like attacking Vietnam in the jungle. Yeah, <laughs> not too smart. <laughs> yeah, not too smart. It's their home territory. Yeah, I know what the hell. So we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, so Neville Chamberlain goes over, talks to Hitler, comes back with a signed document saying they. I, they signed a treaty, and I can't remember what the treaty was called—a non-aggression treaty. Yeah. Basically, they weren't gonna—they weren't gonna put their troops anywhere what they where they weren't already right now. Yeah. And so he came back, and he was like, he was like, "Look what I did! This was great." And then Hitler used it against him, and basically ignored the treaty. And that's sort of when um, when uh, Churchill's party was coming. Yeah. So he this, was just this dealt on, he was a lot with him getting this, elected. Right? Yeah, well, I think they elected him because yeah. of the Netherlands yeah. thing, and, and he was no nonsense. He's yeah. like, you, you, the only you will never stop them. They will completely annihilate. Us. And he had a lot of like opposition by by yeah, his own people. He was like, he was willing to sacrifice every last man. Yeah, he to, he saw the bigger picture. He saw the bigger picture, and he They're, when someone's going for world domination, you have. But to, I mean, it got down to the point where where Dunkirk they had they had citizens using yep. their boats yeah. to fight the war and he's telling him he's rallying the troops yeah. you have to do this i remember his main opposition in this movie was the guy who played thomas jefferson in the john adams movie yep. really well done also uh winston churchill's uh wife and it was played by christian scott thomas who i hadn't seen in forever yeah, i hadn't yeah, seen yeah. since like the english patient yep. i was like what the hell ever happened to her but uh, he he was known he was a drunk yep 
Like, my favorite line from the whole movie is where he screams, stop interrupting me while I'm interrupting you. It's <laughs> a really great scene. And what I, what I, the, uh, you ever want to see a really funny excerpt on Churchill? Watch um, Drunk Histories. Oh, God, I could, imagine, I could imagine. Because Churchill came over to the U.S. Mm-hmm. to try to get support from FDR, yeah, FDR. Yep. to come into the war. He knew that if America didn't come in, they were in big trouble. Yep. So he had to come over here and, and do like a... Tour. A tour <laughs> of the states, and like him and was FDR would stay up and get drunk, and mm-hmm. and uh, it was just funny his routine. He like he would have like like martinis in the morning, and then he would take a nap. There's a movie about that too, isn't it? That isn't that the Bill Murray one where Bill Murray played FDR? Yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it, but I think that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, that that tour. Together. Yeah, that tour. So that was probably in the in the mid uh, like forty three yeah. or or forty two or. Like to try to get Americans behind the war effort. Yeah. And, <clears throat> well, uh, we were already attacked in '41. We were attacked from Japan in '41, so our we didn't want to spread ourselves thin on we two were, fronts we were either. Just concentrating on uh, Japan at that point. Yeah. Well, we declared war on Japan on December eighth. What was the last straw that got us focusing on Germany, other than Japan, or or were at some point did that happen anyways? Um. So the point where America entered the war... Because we entered because of the Japan thing. Uh, we entered, but we had no intention of going... We only declared war on Japan. Yeah, we didn't expect to go to Normandy. And then as soon as we declared war on Japan, Germany then declared war on us. Yeah. And, but it still took three and a half years... For us to... For us the, to for go Normandy. over to... For, for Normandy. Normandy was 40... June, June 6th, It's 44. great, really. You could you could set up a timeline of World War II movies to oh, watch in a you could, like from Saving you could, Ryan and... The Battle of Britain yeah, would be in the there. Bulge. Battle of the Bulge would be in... Yeah. I mean, right from... You could... That might be a clever 40 future, movies. That might from, be a clever You could do from podcast. like 40... From like 35 leading up yeah. to... Because... World War II started in '39. It's almost you're almost doing yourself a disservice if you don't include Band of Brothers. And in that and to be honest with you, the uh, yeah, I know a lot about this subject. Band and of it's Brothers, mostly if, from movies. Yeah, if you want to historical get a movies, really good comprehensive look at World War II, from not as much from the Japan side, but from the uh, the European side, Band mm-hmm. of Brothers really yep. is. Like, I mean, the Pacific was accurate. Yeah, factually, just I just wasn't as good. wasn't as entertaining. Yep. if as wars go. Yeah, <laughs> one of the best miniseries ever is Band of Brothers. Yeah, it, it I, really, I watch really it at least is. every other year. I feel that way with the John Adams miniseries too. If you watch that John Adams miniseries, it's oh, all about it's getting people phenomenal. that are passionate behind it. And Tom Hanks and uh, Steven Spielberg were yep. executive producers on Band of Brothers. Oh, yeah. you know it's going to be good killer actors they cast that really well and a lot of those actors if you go back and watch it they're all famous now it's the guy from abraham from walking dead and uh obviously uh, probably the not i don't want to go back too far off on this because we're talking miniseries now but uh david schwimmer was so good at, uh, that <sighs> you ever want to have a better opinion about him as an actor yeah. if anyone ever talked shit you, about schwimmer d- yeah. he mentioned banner brothers and yeah. say fuck you yeah <laughs> My favorite. I don't want. To, yeah, I don't want to get that, too. Joey. But I like when he, he's he's a hard ass drill instructor, oh. and he wants to give everybody. He wants to lay back and give everybody the day day off. He's like, all right, do some light P, PT, and then go to the mess hall. I'm gonna have him cook up a big spaghetti dinner for everybody. And so everybody's in there enjoying their garlic bread and spaghetti. He comes running in. We're running up the hill. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, he made everybody run up on a full stomach of spaghetti. Their guts up. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a fantastic miniseries, and so, a lot of those actors. Yeah, yeah, it, it awesome. The Darkest Hour is awesome. It, you get to see a lot of parliamentary yeah. procedure, which is always that, fun. You get to see that big speech, which is very. Famous. Did you ever watch the the? I've watched Parliament discuss stuff, especially when Tony oh, Blair get, was in there. Yeah, they get they scream, they yell, yell and hiss and call each other names. Yeah. It's way it's like weird. you can't talk in the American Congress if you don't have the floor. Yeah. You can't just stand up and start talking. No, it's wild. I've seen some arguments yeah. going back and forth. The, the Brexit thing was like out of control when they were arguing that there. It's yeah. it really nuts. But that that famous speech that uh, Churchill did was yeah. I, I always remembered from my Iron. I was a huge Iron Maiden fan, and they that song "Aces High" opened yep. with the speech. Yeah. So whenever I think I mean, of the Winston Churchill, I automatically think that we're gonna. They're they're the all air. English, right? And, uh, what's that? Yeah, they're all British. So, so that was a big moment for them. Uh, but super famous speech. It One was their. It was their. If you think contextually about where the British Empire was up to that point, it was they. There was an old saying that said the sun never set on the British Empire. Yeah. Because they had in India and 
you know, South America, everywhere. They just had British colonies everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was their moment where all of that could have ended mm-hmm. if... They certainly didn't want that to end. <laughs> I mean, the there's one good movie, and I can't remember. Maybe it's the Battle of Britain, where they had the the old people in radio towers around the oh, coast. Oh, Tor, Tor, Tor. Tor, Tor, Yep. Yeah. Yep, that, really I mean, though that bombing, the Germans just had superiority. Yep. And would come over and decimate. London was decimated. People were living in train stations, and yeah. I don't think I think this highlighted a lot of that too. Yeah. Whereas you know the citizens were underground. It's it's crazy. It's a, it's a great part of history that people should not ignore, and should know more about. And like like you said, you, you can literally pick like one <laughs> unless you're German and, and you're like, said nothing happening. <laughs> well, they completely changed period. themselves around. Forty two, forty three. I don't think I did remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember somewhere around fifty. <laughs> Didn't uh, we help you build the bomb? <laughs> yeah, but if you want a great history lesson, watch The Darkest Hour and Dunkirk. Man, they're, they're two Gary Oldman's great. Movies. Gary Oldman's so good in this, and I'm pretty sure he won the Academy Award. He should have um, if he did this movie. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, Probably wasn't his first. But yeah, that's all we'll talk about with Gary Oldman uh, this week. Uh, but it's not the last time we certainly are going to talk Gary Oldman in the, uh, on our podcast because he's he's obviously a staple in fantastic movies and certainly in fantastic method actors. And we'll do more method actors, too, along the line, too. There, there's so many to, to still speak uh, about and some actresses, too. Like we've mentioned Charlize a few times. Charlize is still nailing every role she's in. And it's definitely on that level with a lot of these uh, old school actors uh, with kind of her craft. But yeah, next week, next week, character actors, another group of people that are uh, sorely overlooked, but they put so much in. Uh, I'm trying to think of a couple that we're going to be talking about. Uh, Professor Tanaka is one <laughs> of them, who's the uh, the Asian guy who's... Uh, Francis has taken his bath. <laughs> really? Where are they hosing him down? And he also played Sub Zero in the in the Running Man. And we're going to be talking about some uh, uh, John Cazeal, who's uh, who's only had five movies, but every five movie, all of them were amazing. Godfather, Godfather Two, Deer Hunter, Dog oh, yeah. Day Afternoon, and The Conversation. Five movies. Then he died, and he always played a character actor, never a star, and he's just he, he's. Upper, upper echelon uh, type character actor. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to do some Eddie Murphy. We're going to do a wild card episode coming up. Me and Dave are going to do a uh, Francis Ford Coppola movie. So we'll talk about a lot of those. Um, I'm watching one right now. You're watching one right now? Which mm-hmm. you watching? I didn't. Uh, Apocalypse Now. Oh, Apocalypse Now. Nice. The Redo? Yes. Yep. Yeah, the only one. There's <laughs> a couple I'm... I'm I'm eager to rewatch before we get there. Like Rumblefish, I just recently bought and it's I haven't been a while seen since it I since seen like that. the eighties. And uh, Outsiders, Outsiders is one of those ones. Do for Johnny about um, uh, Rainmaker, another great. Yeah. Uh, Peggy Sue got married. Rainmaker, um, I watched that. I I own it, but I also watch it regularly, way often, more often than I should. Yeah, it's I don't good. know why. It's a really good. It was a great. I, I really show. like. Voight. Uh, um, no, the the scumbag lawyer that gets him his first job. Oh, Mickey Rourke? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I Mickey really Rourke's like great. his character. And Dean DeVito, man. Yep. Dean DeVito DeVito's was great. Great cast, man. It was really good. I love that movie. So we'll talk more about that in a few weeks. So uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, shoot us an email at fascinatedwithfilms at gmail.com. You can also leave us a like or a comment on our two platforms, SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, or you can uh, check us out on Facebook where we list all our pictures. This is a great week to go check out the picture for Gary Oldman because the, the six faces <laughs> are like completely different to the point where you're like, is it, are you sure that's the same actor playing that? So it's really fun. Every time we drop the, uh, the new pod, I'll put a picture up there of kind of a preview of what's going on. So check that out. But we will be back with you. Me and uh, Justin will be back next week. And uh, till then, see you. Bye. Look at my fingers. Four stones, four crates, zero stones, zero crates!